Welcome to the Andy Ramage Podcast. Today's guest, Andy Delderfield, went from unfit, overweight and unhappy to ultra-endurance athlete. It's a pretty incredible story. I've been lucky enough to see Andy's alcohol-free adventure evolve and take him from struggling to thriving. And like many alcohol-free adventurers, Andy stopped drinking and started consistently moving. Beginning with marathons, he progressed to ice ultras. Right, this story is just going to blow your mind. He's even started a group with Gary Staines that's dedicated to the joys of sober running, right? Which you can find on Facebook. It's a free group called Alcohol Free Runners. Make sure you check it out. And don't forget, before we get started, if you want to support the show, please download and subscribe. It makes a massive difference. We've got some unbelievable guests coming down the line that you won't want to miss. And make sure you go to andyrunners.com where I have free free f-r-e-e workshops for you one in the world of alcohol free if you want some help with that another in the world of self-development which is your vital next step once you take a break from the booze and then if you want to come and train with me to become a coach it's all there go to andyramage.com all right let's do this andy delderfield welcome hello how are you hello (laughs) right we're off i'm looking forward to this actually because I've never heard any of this story before. It's all going to be fresh and new to my ears-ish. <laughs> it is good to see you, my man. And I'm really excited about this, just to share your story. Because actually, this series of the podcast, uh, if you don't know, is really about alcohol-free adventurers who are performing at the elite level in some shape or form, whether that's in business, in life, in sport, and actually charting that journey a little bit and the benefits of going alcohol-free to those industries, again, whether that's business or sport or anything in general, really, just to demonstrate, I think, the benefits and the advantages of this wonderful gift that is a break from the booze. And I think you are a shining example of that, my man. You truly are. Thank you. (laughs) All All right, well, I think what we'll do is Let's chart the course a little bit. I think it'd be really good just for our listeners to sort of go back a bit and share a bit of your story leading up to that point where you were like, I've got to get this done. I've got to take a break. And then we can talk about all the advantages that that has unleashed. Okay. Um, I suppose it's how far, how far do we want to go back? Um, I, 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 I moved to Spain in 2004 so I'd uh, uh, made the decision to have a massive lifestyle change I suppose in in, in 2004 yeah. where I'd met my wife traveling in Australia in uh, 2001 um, we we traveled Australia in um, Southeast Asia uh, had an amazing time we'd come back from that um, I'm from Bristol uh, originally so we based ourselves in Bristol for a little time and I suppose we were at that point we were late 20s kind of um a bit disillusioned by the housing market at that point couldn't get on the ladder and it was what what could we do where could we go what 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 do we want at that point and uh and i think lifestyle change even at that stage was was clearly on the 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 table i suppose and so we made this move to to spain settled down over here got the house had the kids started up a business um so all was always going really really well and uh and i think from the outside it was going really really well but i late 30s so so kind of moved on a period here so the kids are now kind of growing up um 
I think there was just a feeling that I was not that I was aware at that point, but clearly I was lost. Uh, I was going into that late 30s, early 40s. Where am I going? Maybe the pressure of life. Yeah, the pressure of being scared of of responsibility. Um, And I identify with this so viscerally as you're talking, because that's more or less my story in in a different shape in many ways that mid to late thirties of what is this all about? Like, what, like, what, what, what am I doing? What's this life thing all about? What is the next 10, 20 years hold for me? Where, where am I going? So I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's just, and you absolutely described it just that one word lost. I think that's yeah. really important. And not that I necessarily felt that I was lost at that point when I was in that moment, I didn't really know that I was lost. Yeah. I didn't know how I was feeling. And but what clearly happened is the way I dealt with that feeling is I I turned to 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 to, to, to alcohol, and that became the the easy way of just kind of turning away from it. Really, was to to drink, and my drinking over a period of time increased. Um, yeah, I think from the outside, I think people would have said, Andy, just like to drink. I don't think yeah. anyone would have said I'd had a problem. I, I I was the same as so many living in expat existence as well here in Spain, where that holiday mentality and the sunshine, um, it shines a lot more. So sunshine equals going out and drinking. And so that was very much part of our life and our friendship groups revolved around drink, which was yeah. many of us did. And that's the same for so many people. Exactly. And even in that expat community, I mean, I've seen so many people and talked to so many people within that space. We've got such an association, I think, as a Brit abroad that when you go yeah. away to Spain, it's associated with the sun and, and drink. And then I can imagine that you live there. And very often there's that expat community, which is, you know, yeah. Brits and whatnot abroad getting together in the sun. So it's like this permanent holiday. And then I can also imagine that if anyone ever comes to visit, they're effectively on their holidays, aren't they? Exactly. So you're expected then to behave like you would if you were on holiday with them, but it's your normal life. So I can just see how quite easily suddenly you're engulfed in alcohol every which way that you turn. And then that combined with the the Spanish lifestyle. um, And I I think combining the, the English drinking kind of lifestyle with the Spanish drinking lifestyle, bringing those two things together, I think only results in in possibly a negative situation because with the English kind of binge drinking mentality, um, the Spanish all day drinking mentality where we're maybe never drinking to that blackout point, but, but just drinking continuously, you bring those two things together. And for me, yeah, it, it just, just resulted in, it was just too easy. It was just too Mm. easy. It was there all the time. Um, and very quickly realised I was a, yeah, one of those, it's an all or nothing kind of situation. There was no off tap. Um, and that continued for, for, for a while. As in, and not that I was ever kind of in that sort of situation where, oh my God, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a really big problem here with the alcohol. It, it just crept up in the fact that those Monday mornings and waking up kind of going not again kind of got more regular on a Monday morning. So so it was almost, it became a, a weekly thing. And I think I realised, well, I, I don't really remember, but I, I have a, a recollection that kind of go, if I'm going to 
get myself in control with this. I need to take a break from mm. alcohol. Um, so in 2018, so I was, I was 43 by this point. So no, 42, 42 by this point. Um, uh, I, I kind of, for the first time, I think went online and wrote that question. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Am I, am I dependent on booze? Am I an alcoholic? As oh, in, as you the, I, it. I, I, I don't really remember. I, I, I did a search online to what is, what is an alcoholic as in homeless yeah. and that kind of thing. And not that I thought I was, but it was almost getting that kind of, yeah, as in, do I have, have I lost control and do I have yeah. a problem? And, and as a result of that search, found an online community um, that, that I then, yeah, went into and, and, and initially, I think I'd already made that decision in my head that I knew that I had to have a break. It wasn't a case of reducing. I've been trying to reduce for probably five years up until that point. So, so it was like, yeah, I think that was at the back of my head, maybe trying to moderate, trying not to drink as much. I always remember my wife saying, why don't you just have a, a Coke in between? Why don't you have a beer and then a Coke and just try and, yeah, yes. I mean, that never happened. Um, and it's lovely wisdom that you get from, from people that, that have the best intentions, but it's, it's, you know, when you're in that space, it's just not that, if it were that easy, yeah. you wouldn't be having those, conversations but something you said there's really important and i think that's the truth for a lot of people that probably the process started in a subtle way five years before because i think as soon as it's in your mind to moderate or try different things i think the end result is always in your mind of something's gone astray here i can't quite put my finger on it but a bit unsure i'm getting a bit uncomfortable about my relationship with alcohol so i'm going to try all these little tools and techniques that invariably don't particularly work but I think you're just probably building momentum in your mind to make this change and I think that's important just to pull that out and um, have a look at it because I think a lot of people also fall into the trap of assuming that people just decide overnight and then da -da, magically they take a break and then they wake up 365 days later and it's all done actually I think for most people there's quite a long build-up I'd say I was definitely yeah. two years plus of a similar experience of moderating, changing yeah. drinks, bottles only, you know, all those, you know, those sort of obvious tips that people give you that don't really work. Yeah. But my mind was whirling to say something's not quite up here. Yeah. And I, but there was also, there was also a, a, a the realization as well that, that I, I was losing the trust of my family um, mm. and they were losing belief in me. So, and that was the fear really, was that, that I'd got to a point where I was detaching myself from, from my family to, to a degree by just basically turning my back on them on a weekend and, and then burying my head in the booze and, um, and not being there and, and, and having the expectation that Emma would just deal with the kids and that I didn't need to, I'd worked all week, I'd worked hard, it was my time. And actually Emma had had the kids for the week whilst I was working hard and then then I was not not there or, or not present at the weekends so that was the it was the worry or the fear that I got to a point where potentially I could lose my family and that and that, and that was the moment where that that was where the why came yeah the, the the reason why I needed to make that change there was a moment of I've got to change here or this is going to happen and this is not what I want I don't want to be in that situation where I find 
that I've just yeah not been present enough for too long that, that I've lost everything that I've worked for so there was that moment of I have to make this change now how am I going to do this though um and that was where I then went on and decided initially to try just and it was never to give up for a long period of time it was a reset it was definitely a reset yeah it was a, how can I take back control of this clearly I need a break so let's take a, a, a three months break off alcohol thinking I'll never do that but let, let, let's let, let's give it a go um and and let's see where it goes and and really that was it it was so so May 2018 it was reset time and on the first go I did 57 days which I thought was pretty good so, pretty so I did good. almost two two months on the first attempt um holiday to Dubai decided that Dubai was a really good place to take the family for their summer holiday alcohol is not available obviously in a hotel it is but it's so expensive not going to pay stupid prices for alcohol it was the uh it was the world cup england we're in the quarterfinals of the world cup i believe against sweden and uh yeah we won got in the semi-finals first time in the semi-finals is 1990 i think it was yeah is that right and uh probably the feeling of 1990 that that the whole nostalgia nostalgia of that win suddenly there was a pint of heineken in my hand and that was the 57 initial streak break <laughs> so yeah because yeah. it's that romanticness yeah it is and i think that's in lots of people's stories as well isn't it you know uh, and this is the honest reflection about this there's that long build up and then very often there's an attempt or a few attempts that get aborted for whatever reason or yeah. don't quite work out but i think it's part of the learning if you can embrace that yeah. and that's why again your story is really important to me because it's not this perfect linear decision. Da-da, it's done. Actually, the story no. is there was five years build up, then you started, then you stopped, and then what happened? Um, so yeah, so then we're we're on holiday. Holiday is the the key bit here, is that that how do you go on holiday and not drink alcohol? Because it's yeah. so ingrained into us. So that then became my yeah, my Achilles heel, yeah, as in it was, how would I ever get through a holiday? How could I ever disassociate that? So I then, yeah, got back from, from, from that trip. I, it was then the summer, so it was then sunshine. It was people over on holidays in Spain. And so I fell and, 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 and did a few days and, yeah, kind of struggled over that summer. And I think I got to the end of August in 2008, and it was like, okay, summer is over. <laughs> it's time to get back on it. Um, or not get back on it um and uh and yeah so I so I tried again so so that was the end of August 120 days second go so so we got through that three months so got through the three months taking a break decided that I wanted to try and go longer um decided I think after that kind of two months period and then a three months period that actually I could see the benefits there was it was benefits mm. were certainly starting to shine through um, and that that kind of mindset change of not giving something up and gaming was was beginning to sink in. Uh, but Christmas Day came along in 2018. And again, it was that moment of, yeah, as in the disassociation of Christmas Day. How can I not have a drink on Christmas Day? Never planned to have a drink on Christmas Day. Had made plans around it um in the fact i was going to pick up some friends and bring them to our house so i was going to drive them and take them back 
they decided they were going to drive. They turned up at the door. I had a glass of Buck's Fizz in my hand to take to, to, to Emma, I think. They walked through the front door and I just looked at the glass of Buck's Fizz. I'm going to drive and drank this glass of Buck's Fizz after 120 days. So that was kind of big attempt too. So, so we did the 120 days. Then it was New Year, went skiing, yeah, as in drank quite heavily through a skiing trip. Um, rolled through January, February, didn't drink very much in February, but I knew, I had this, um, some friends had bought some tickets to a music concert in Valencia, just up the road, on the 28th of February, 2019, uh, Deacon Blue, of all groups. Uh, they Deacon were Blue, fan. what was their yeah, big Deacon song? Blue. Is oh. that boat called Dignity? Is that Deacon I Blue? I, I'm not a big fan. I kind of just, it was, it was, they, they got tickets, we went with them. It was a nice evening. Drank heavily, um, planned, planned to do this. This was the plan. So this was the last we'll go. Um, it very kind of in my head. Um, drank quite, quite a lot. I remember we had a lovely hotel room with a bath in the corner. Ended up singing in the bath at the end of the night at two o'clock in the morning. It was the big kind of end song. Is that the right word? <laughs> it was the swan the, song. Swan song to, to kind of... Um, never really knew where it what was going to happen from there, but it was, I'm going to try and do a year. That was then the plan was, was to do the year. Um, and that was the last day I drank. And we're wow. now three years, one month. Get in on. there. <laughs> Go on, Andy boy. And that's, so, again, it's beautiful to hear that story in depth like that. Cause I think so many people have that iceberg effect where they see the end result and they might see you now. We're going to get to your story, how amazing it is and mm -hmm. the way that it's unfolded. And they forget actually how you got there and they make these false assumptions that maybe you found it easy or that you just made that decision, like I said. But actually the truth is, I think your story, like mine, is reflective of most people. There's a build-up, then there's a couple of four, you know attempts that don't quite work out. But then each time you're starting yeah. to realise, actually there might be something in this for me here. I'm feeling a bit better each time I do this. I know what it's like to be alcohol-free. I know how much better I feel, get more optimized in my physique or my, yeah. my mental health, and we can get into that as well. And then it's like, right, I think I'm ready to take on a bigger challenge. And I think that's the story for most people. And in my mind, like you said, I would say the vast majority of people always come to this challenge. Their initial goal is to be able to drink again with control. That's yeah. it. Everyone, The most people are like, well, I don't really want to stop it forever. I just wouldn't mind a little witty witty break so I can get that full control yeah. again. But I think what happens, and this is, you know, why I, I just encourage yeah. people to take a break, is that you start to see it and go, hold on a minute. Actually, there's something in this. I feel really bloody good when I'm doing this. And you start to retrain yeah. yourself. And eventually, I think a lot of people's journey ends up, whereas ours have done, where it's like, actually, I'm just going to keep going. And, and yeah. that's the adventure you're on three years later. And look at everything that's happened in between let's explore that so let's just keep going okay. with the story so you you're taking a break yeah i then had the I, I was very lucky i i got to train with you in the march of 2019 um which i think came at the, a really good time I'd, I'd gone through a lot of learning obviously in the nine months running yeah. up to that i think i was actually meant to train with you in the november and deferred to the march because i wasn't ready clearly where I was I, I was yeah. dealing with 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 some of the bits yeah that that I'd been running away from I suppose so so in that first nine months during those blips and those those struggles there was also the the period of for the first time in a long time I found what clarity was in my brain and um 
yeah, the fog over those, yeah, a 57, like two months period and then a three months period alcohol free. That was enough to start clearing, clearing the fog that I'd been probably in for a number of years, which meant there was a lot to deal with initially as well. There was a lot of pain to go through, a lot of facing, facing the reasons of, of, of why had I got to the point I got to, why was I fearful of life why was i all those big big life questions yeah, yeah that the, 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 i'd struggled with and actually by coming to train with you in the march what we were able, i was able to do then was to start to unravel those questions and start talking with you as in yeah talking about values and where i wanted to go in life and actually to dig deeper into to, to a bit of meaning and purpose isn't it as we talk about it a lot as in to to rediscover what my life is and and I think I'd been lost for such a long period of time without really realizing but I was on the wheel I was on the hamster wheel and I was just running around on it um for an awful long time fitting in with society norms yeah as as in but I, I I felt lost in that moment and then by giving up the alcohol the clarity started to build the the understanding or the sudden realization of where I'd been because I don't think I knew where I'd been whatsoever when I was in it. I, I, Matt Pink, I think I've got to I've got to give him credit for the inside the jar. He talks about being inside the jar a lot, and until you start climbing out the edge and climbing over the edge, you don't know where you've been, do you, or where you are. And um, so, by the giving up the alcohol, that was the analogy of climbing out of the jar. And then when you start looking back inside, you realize where you've been. And um, yeah, so, so dealing with that. So from training with you, giving me the tools to help me um, with that process. And then where did we go from there? Yeah, as in it, it all, well, yeah, as in I, I could then continue. I, I got to my, my, my year. So that was, that first year was very much about not drinking that was my main focus it was difficult to do or focus on too much else um i think we've got to touch on the fact that i run i think this is yeah. brought in at this because that because the running starts as well like before. before yeah so and i think that's an important thing to, to touch on now that we, we sort of gain that momentum in the story but yeah. also it's important because i think it's not like when you go alcohol free the world becomes magic and you can, you know, obviously yeah. there's so much more you can do as alcohol free, but things like running, people still run whilst they're still yeah. drinking clearly. But I think it's the contrast between the two. And I remember you said something I thought that was really powerful. Maybe you can touch on that, that whilst in that period, let's just say those sort of dark period when alcohol was in there and you were lacking that meaning and purpose, you were very much running away from yeah. something using alcohol to run away from it or whereas clearing out the alcohol gave you this real opportunity to sort of get in there and have a look at it up close and do that work and get realigned with what was meaningful and purposeful to you get a bit more of a sense of direction of where you're heading and then you start running towards and that's where I think you're going now this brighter future which is really exciting so yeah let's let's talk a bit about the running because I think it's important so I've been running uh, I, I, I played rugby when I was a bit younger, so that was always my sport. Never really very fit with that. It was all about the social side more than the, probably the rub, rugby, but I, I had a competitive edge to me. There was definitely a sporting kind of edge that I'd had since I was a kid, uh, but never really taken that to any, any, any level, really, as in it was just, yeah, yeah, I played a bit of rugby. That was it, really. Um, so when I finished playing rugby... 
probably around 2014. Um, that was maybe a little bit earlier. I took up a bit of running. So, so I, 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 I bought some trainers. I started going out doing a couple of K here and there, really struggled. I would, I would do a little bit. So I'd do like a couple of months and start to build it up a, a bit. And then I would stop for a few months and do a, there's, yeah, do some little races locally to us here, but never really get any momentum with it. Um, and then I, yeah, I think I did a half marathon in around 2015. Um, so trained for like 12 weeks of that, got a little bit fitter. Um, and then in 2016, I decided to enter the Barcelona Marathon. So this is kind of upping it to a bit of another level. Never, yeah. ever really, even at that point, ever even considered really running marathons. But I kind of got a bit of a bug around it. I, I, I could see the benefit. And a lot of the benefit for me was that I, I'd always had quite high weight fluctuations. So my weight over my life has always gone up, down. And, and I, I've got to, yeah, kind of getting, getting towards the 17, 18 stone kind of mark. I think I'm really poor in the stones because I've lived in, in Spain now for all this time. I, we're only kilos. So I kind of got to around 115, 116, 17, 18 kilos, I think I got the most. Um, so... Yeah, but but my weight would go up and down. So I started using the running as a way, oh, I could run. That meant I could drink a little bit more and it kind of all linked together. That the the running man. resulted in me being able to drink because the calorie right. deficit. <laughs> yeah, it justifies. Um, like, oh, I can run. Therefore, that means I can drink because I'm offsetting the drinking so through the exercises. It, it was always the drinking it calories. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily food. It was always the calories <laughs> yeah. of the alcohol. As long as I can running. balance them out, I'm all right. Um, so, so I, I did the Barcelona marathon in 2016. I did really, I trained really hard. Um, and I actually ran it in an amazing, yeah, fairly, fairly good time of three hours and 50, um, which I was Incredible. really, really happy with. Yeah. Um, I ran it really well. I finished it strong. It was all really good celebrated by getting absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in Barcelona. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then from there, I kind of was like, oh, oh, I could do the London Marathon next year. So that was in 2017. Um, so got a place, a charity place for the London Marathon in 2017. But all around that period was where I, that was really my low point. Yeah. So even though I, I, I was clearly on a little bit of a mission, I was aware that I was in not a great place. And I thought by running marathons, I could pull myself out of it. That was going to be, I could show the outside world that I wasn't in such a bad place. I could show my family, look, I'm, I'm running marathons. That means I'm clearly in a good place. But actually around that is, um, yeah, it was a really, really tough time. And I actually really in, in April 2017, when I ran the London Marathon was a really, really low point for me and my family because I trained for 16 weeks for London. And I, I remember my, my training plan literally was that I would run on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'd run every week, four days back to back, having my long run on a Thursday um, and then drink Friday, Saturday, Sunday, repeat for 16 weeks. And that's what I did. And I, and I actually, when I was in it, I remember the fact that it was like, oh, this is awesome. See, so I'm, I'm able to do both. But but really what I was doing, I was getting absolutely exhausted in the first half of the week and, and working a full-time job through this as well. 
and and then on the weekends on a friday started drinking early on a friday probably on a thursday night to be fair because i'd finished my training by then so then it was start and i was just exhausted so so i was mm. a not present for my family because i was exhausted but then disappearing down the pub not being coming home not messaging all of those things for a 16-week period so by the time we got to the london marathon where it was took the family to london and everything we were as in yeah as an emma and i were at a very low point um and i didn't see it i just didn't see it at that point at all and i think we came back from that and so so london marathon happened there was a celebration in the fact that, that, that yeah I, I ran it in took 10 minutes off my time from from barcelona the year before so three hours and 40 um and but from that, that was where everything really fell apart for that year and, and when was a real low point. And I think you said, I think in hindsight now, it's this kind of using the running to run away. So as I had the running and the alcohol, both were the, the fog and they were yeah just running away from the pain or, or running away from life at that point. Because like we said, I felt lost, uh, fearful, um, responsibility of being the man in the family and having to support a family kids all of those things yeah and that uh, i just wasn't dealing with it very well at that point yeah and it's incredibly important your story as well because i think that happens to many people isn't it that there is this sort of superficial thing that you can latch onto to demonstrate that it's all right everything's okay I'm running yeah. marathons, right? I must be yeah. fit. I must be healthy. I must be fully present and and aware. like I'm this super healthy guy because I run marathons, but secretly inside you're really struggling. And like you described, yeah. running away from those feelings that you were struggling with, trying to you know put up this facade. And I think so many people get caught in that and they never escape. No. And I think what's really empowering about your story is that you were self-aware enough to sort of see that and sense it because it is a difficult thing. It's not really obvious yeah. at times. And like you even described, you didn't see it in that 16 weeks. You didn't see it at all. You didn't see what was no. really going on. It wasn't until after that that you had a look at it and started to get courageous enough because it does take a lot of courage I to do something different and took another year until yeah. i actually started to took my first break from alcohol so there was another 12 months of, of of the aftermath of that as well which which yeah dark times but but i, I think the and, and, and yeah I've, I've come through that um and i never ever believed that giving up alcohol <laughs> would result in what it's resulted in so mm where that running journey then continues is that that in yeah basically gave up alcohol for the first time in in in, in the may of 2018 and, and entered the valencia marathon in that december so december 2018 entered the, the valencia marathon but it was a rocky period it was a really difficult time the main focus was not drinking um when i discovered that there's lots of calories and lots of sugar in beer and when you give it up what what tends to happen is you you have this amazing um yeah your 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 need for sugar escalates massively so really for that first nine months i i ate everything and anything in sight as in i it was all about giving up the booze it really didn't matter anything else and i'd really taken on that kind of thing that the most important thing i do today is not drink yep it doesn't really matter what else i do and i 
definitely took that on <laughs> completely. So and that is a lot of people's story as well, isn't it? And and we see this continually in the in the mm. groups and in the network. It's like I've stopped drinking, but I can't stop eating. I'm like this sugar monster comes from nowhere. Yeah. And I think, you know, while you're again, your story will unfold in a second. But um, I believe in that. It's like focus on the main thing, get the yeah. alcohol thing cracked, because it's the same set of skills essentially down the line that you can tidy up your nutrition as well. So carry on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so in that first nine months, I ate loads and then I got quite large. I put on, again, that whole battle I'd had with weight throughout my life anyway, as in I, I put on, I think I got, yeah, I, I got to that 118 kilos as in I got to my maximum weight after trying to give up alcohol. So this whole calorie thing was just, it was all weight as in this was meant to help me give up weight and look at me now. Yeah. So um so yeah, so I actually pulled out of the 2018 Valencia Marathon and didn't do it. So that was where I'd got to that that I couldn't even could be the, the running had gone. I wasn't running. I I I was literally a hat to just focus on that one thing. And I think so many when when I look at other people's journeys and stories, I think there's this kind of feeling that you give up alcohol and everything's just going to click into place very quickly. Well, mm. in reality, it doesn't because you can't focus on loads of things all at once. You've got to, with, with, when, when you make changes, it's about making one change at a time, isn't it? And if we try and overload by making hundreds of changes all at once, then it tends, nothing changes. Um, so I, I definitely experienced that in that first nine months. So then we go into 2019. So I deferred my place for the Valencia Marathon. So I get this, this I, I'm... I'm nine months alcohol free in December 2019. Everything is starting to come together. Um, the weight has started to come off. I'm feeling healthier. I'm feeling fitter. I'm going to mention that word for the first time, but 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 consistency is beginning to start to appear in my life. So through my running, um, yeah, there, there's no missed runs. There's there's no hangovers. So there's no no Saturday morning runs missed. There's time with the family. Things are starting to come together. So I go to to, to Valencia from Valencia Marathon, and I am alcohol free superpowers at my at, at the top. And uh, and I decide at that point showed a little bit of lack of experience in my running is that. I ran Barcelona when drinking, my first one in three hours 50. I ran London while drinking, second marathon in three hours 40. Well, there's a natural curve here. I need to get this marathon in three hours 30. So I, I, I turn up at the Valencia Marathon feeling good, um, starting to have a few injuries, niggles starting. Um, and I go out to, to get this three hours 30. Well, I get to kilometre 32, 20 miles and my body completely blows up. The wall. Um, yeah, the wall, as in there was actually, talking of all, in Valencia, in the Valencia Marathon, they actually have a wall at 32 kilometres oh, that, you, that you run over, which actually says across the top of it, you're going to break, as it is, it's like how to mess, as in positive, negative mindset <laughs> yeah. stuff. I said, let's, let's tell you, you're about to hit the wall. And you broke at that point. <laughs> I literally fell through it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and I missed out on three hours 40 by, I think I, I missed out on my PB that day by, by 90 seconds. So yeah. So I came over. So, so I had a lot to prove that day. I, I'd made these choices to become alcohol free. I then missed out on the PB and then we roll forward as in we go forward from there. And clearly we then went into 
I got I got to my one year um, alcohol free in the February of 2020. Lock, we went down to lockdown then three weeks later. 2020 was the year of Spartan races, of, of, of more marathons that I had planned. So I had, I had London Marathon in 2020 again. So another go at London was meant to be happening. Um, I had I did the Valencia Marathon at the end of the year as well. So, so the year was all set up, two marathons, three Spartan races, loads of connection. And uh, and we went into lockdown, and clearly all that then became 2020. On on all my goals and all my my bits and pieces didn't happen. Um, yeah, and and we obviously all went through that period, didn't we? It was very difficult. Um, yeah, and uh, and I got injured. So so I did I did run the London Marathon in 2020, in April, uh, which would have been cancelled. And I ran it round my garden, which I had a 500 meter track that I created around our property and I ran round that um 84 times 84 yeah. times I know I think Freddie Bennett did something similar he did like 250 laps yeah Freddie Freddie did it round as in round a tiny little garden, garden did he? <laughs> yeah he was he was on another level <laughs> <laughs> like just a, a roundabout dizzy um, I had a 500 meter track um but that resulted in injuries so i then got injured yeah. and then i had a bit of I, I didn't then run for eight months um and i just want to ask you yeah know, as well because again listening to, to your story there it didn't all go perfectly and what i mean by that is you took a break and all of a sudden it wasn't dada the weight just fell off you yeah. and you were feeling amazing and you know all those type of things what kept you going through that period you know for people listening because i think it's important to share that because not everyone has that sort of euphoric experience and it doesn't all click. You know, you said it took you about eight months and it all started to fall into place beautifully, the consistency of your family and your training. In that eight-month period, can you remember what kept you going? So, yeah, as in I think, I think it, was, it was being surrounded by like-minded people, to be honest, as in I, I, I was part yeah. of a community what was that um, one you know bit was that one you know bit it was one you know bit yeah um so i was i i was in that community and i think what I, you could see was where it was going as in as in i, I think once i got to one year, i got to that one year no beer i said what was the next challenge in it well straight away i wrote down that i was going for two years so so there was no and i decided that before as well because one of the other things I've definitely picked up on, especially with the alcohol-free bit in the early days, is when you're not a hundred percent decided in your head that this is what I'm this is what I'm going to do. So if if you get to a milestone and you haven't kind of said to yourself, "What is my next milestone? What am I going for next?" and you have a slight niggle, a slight doubt in your head that you're not sure, is that that little niggle well that that thought was take over so if you've got a five percent doubt in where you're going that five percent will suddenly turn into a ten percent fifteen percent and start taking over so it was always very important for me to kind of go okay i've got to a year what's next i am doing two years i am Great, committing nice. to that i am i am yeah i'm accountable to whoever i want to be accountable but i am doing this um and and, and that's where i'm going and i think when you aren't that sure that's where yeah Alcohol is one of those, isn't it? It surrounds us so much and it's so driven into our, our society that to, to swim against the current 
it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. It but is. And if you've you got to believe, yeah, yeah. And if you drop your guard, exactly those moments, all of a sudden, when you think, you know, we see it all the time that people have taken a longer break from alcohol and suddenly on day a thousand odd, there's this big blippage and it's like, where did that come from? You know, yeah. it's, it is really one of those things because I think, like you said, it's so culturally ingrained. All the people we know and love, in truth, yeah. still partake in this thing. Some days the sun shines and mates get together and all those type of things. And it is one of those that until you reach that point of that complete realisation of actually it does nothing for me anymore. I've gained so much. You know, that real alcohol-free magic kicks in. I think you're always slightly at the mercy of those type of things where there's a 90 days and it's like, oh, what will I do next? Let me just have a little think about it. And then before you know it, that little, t- you described it brilliantly, that little 5% yeah. little niggle in the back of your mind becomes 10%, becomes 15%, becomes totally overwhelming. And there's a slip up on it. But what is so important with all of this for everyone listening as well, is actually the courage to bounce back from those type of things because they happen. You know, yeah. sometimes that's in store. It's not a failure. It's not a like, oh, I have to go back to naught again. You don't because you've learned all of those skills over that period of time. The key is in those moments is to dust yourself off, learn exactly. from it, get back on it. And I think for a lot of people, they actually, the moments that seals the deal, it's like, all right, now I know. I remember all the reasons why I wanted to do this in the first place. I'm not doing that again. And then they go on this longer journey. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think we, you, you just said what kept me going for that period, that, that, that period. And, and I think it is, it's fake focusing on everything that I've not lost. Yeah. Right. And, and it's focusing on everything that I'm gaining. And, and at that point, it was, there was so many things as in, so, so we went into lockdown um, where I think for so many people, it was a real triggery moment for so yeah. many people. Um depending on what your drinking habits were. If you're a home drinker, then it was really, really hard. If you if you were a drinker that only drank out when you went out, then I suppose there was an opportunity. Um but so 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 there was there was a that, that there. Um and we were suddenly a family of four um in a very confined space and uh, as with everyone. So it, but I was able to use that time to connect with my family more, to be present with my family more, um, to to my business was okay. We were all right, but it was a difficult period for that. When my main member of staff broke a hip in the February and was off basically on sick for the whole of our first lockdown. So I was then customer fronting. So they didn't have necessarily the time with the kids that I could have had. So again, there was lots of kind of, stuff going on there um but it was focusing on 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 the positives and then focusing on all the things i was gaining and then i think i was able to roll all these big events forward to 2021 and knew that or hoped that these that everything would kind of get back to some normality and and that's yeah it it took a while it was a, a long period of no races i think i actually um yeah, if we jump forward a little bit, as in I, I'd raced in London. Uh, no, sorry. Um, no, I, I, there, we, we have a local 10, 10K circuit where I live. So I done a, did a race locally um, at the beginning of March. Um, and that race there, the next time I was in a race situation was the London Marathon in October 2021. So it Brilliant. was an 18-month 
Um, and I think I did say on it that I went through a period of injury during lockdown as well, where I couldn't run or made the decision to take the opportunity to rest my body and actually get some physio and, and deal with some of the issues that, that have been building up, which primarily revolved around my Achilles on my right ankle um, and a few other, yeah, I've got heel spurs and other bits and pieces that I've got to deal with, still dealing with them, but they're, they're yeah, it's all good. Um, and, and then you uh, found yourself... At- in the London Marathon, yeah. and we met prior to you running the London Marathon, and, yes. and, I, and I've said this before, but it was one of my favourite ever sporting moments. Yeah. So for those that don't know the listeners, and he's also a part of our MBG Mastery group, which is our ongoing self-development space where we all come together. And as part of the London Marathon, the last, I think it's about the last 500 metres, Andy decided to turn on Facebook Live, because we'd often do Facebook Lives into that group. So then you filmed yourself literally holding the, you know, the phone camera up in front of you as you went through that last 500 meters, which is genuinely one of my favorite sporting moments of all time, because you got to see the raw, emo- like you never get to see that, the real raw emotion, because you were going for a lot of emotions, because like you say, you've been carrying injuries into that race and it was all a bit up in the air, which you even get around. Yeah. And then to see you go through that last 500 meters, it literally there was tears there was joy. You could sort of get a feel for the other runners around you. You could hear the the cheering fans in the distance. It was just such a brilliant moment. I remember looking at it going, that is, that's gold. You know, when, when I've never seen that before, you know, in that such a sort of visceral experience of someone going through that roller coaster of emotions, because yeah. it literally was tears to joy, to tears to joy, to cross the finish line. It was just such a fantastic thing to share. Yeah, and I, I think probably with me explaining a bit of the backstory as well from the London Marathon of 2017, maybe you can see where the emotions came from as well yeah. in that moment. It was it was surrounded with where I'd been and where I'd got to. So um there was it was a lot more for me that day than just just running a marathon. Um it was a lot about for me personally, was was about proving to myself where I got to. Um and, and where I'd come in that that four year period, um, which I know it, it, it's it's almost that that they're using the running as the um, is it the analogy as in as in the the yeah yeah having that life experience between those two marathons and what had changed was yeah. so vast. Um, a lot of the motion as well was surrounded by the fact that I was trying to break that personal best from two thousand and seventeen. Um, which sadly I, I I didn't get close to in London. So I, I actually, it was one of my slowest marathons I've done. So it was, it was about three hours 50 again. But there was reasons for that, which was that I'd broken my toe five weeks before the marathon. I hadn't done any long runs in the last part of training. Um, yeah. And what was the bit in the middle? That four years, if you were to describe that, what was the bit that, that the emotion that you felt because of that change, that transformation? What were some of those standout points? I think I think a lot of it surround for me surrounds the I I made a big decision in my life, as in this like giving up alcohol and putting yourself through that process to 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 to, to put your hand up and say, I've lost a little bit of control here and admit that and own it um and to make that decision over a period of time and to keep to it and stick to it 
And I suppose for me, it was the proof that I'd made the right decision. And the, even though it's only a marathon, I could say it's only a marathon, it's only a run, but there was so much of that wrapped up into it. And it was the way of me proving how far I'd come. And I think so the sad part of it was I didn't get the personal best because that was the that was what the dream looked like of, of how it looked in my head was that would prove it to me and prove it to other people how far I'd come. Reality was, is I didn't need the run to prove that because I think I'd already done that. And um, that's important because like go back four years, you needed the run to prove something that wasn't true. Whereas that run, even though you didn't get the result that you needed, you realized I don't need that to demonstrate how far I've come, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. So it was a very special moment. And I think for my family as well, because it's all connected. And clearly the my, my, my whys, which again, are so important to remind yourself of why did I start this process? Why did I decide to make this change? Which was all surrounded by this fear of losing my family um, and not being there for them and not being present. And the yeah, is, is that over that four years, it's still work in progress, clearly, because I think relationships and families are always work in progress and actually when you sit back and don't put the work in that's when things go wrong so um i've learned that now <laughs> um not that they didn't necessarily see that years ago um but uh yeah so so it's 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 also that part of it is that the the, the connection with the family and knowing that i'm continuing on that right path um and the running just continues to be there is the way that i'm proving that to myself in a way but it gives you that focus and direction and, and, and that meaning and purpose. And also now because of your alcohol-free superpowers, the ability to consistently train and prepare for those things. So you finish the London Marathon. Yeah. And then talk us through what happens next. Um, eight weeks later, I've got the Valencia Marathon. So they've all got back to back because London's meant to be in April. It's been moved to October. I've got an eight-week period to, to run another marathon. I've never, ever try to run two marathons within a, a relatively short period of time so i come off london have a bit of rest but then get straight back on it as in and, and now there's 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 unfinished business time now this is now getting a bit serious so there isn't any options now as in i the toes recovered the broken toes good i'm able to get out and start really pushing myself um and and i did and so eight weeks later Got to think as well, I'd run Valencia Marathon in 2019, nine months alcohol-free. That was meant to be a kind of moment to prove myself. So we've had these two marathons in between where I can't run faster than when I was drinking. So you can imagine the kind of feeling here. Yeah. But how can I not do this? Clearly I'm a bit older, but got to get this sorted on. <laughs> so go out in Valencia. Um, so we're only now, so we're, we're just four months ago now. So that's all the time. So so this only December just passed. Go out and, and run it, feel strong, feel good. And I managed to, to knock six minutes off that PB and come in. Alcohol-free superpowers, because as it. you're getting older as well, technically you're getting faster, right? If you know what I mean. Age yes. rated. So yes. that six minutes is probably more like 10 minutes, for example. Yeah. So that's that's pretty impressive. So so managed to get the PB and so London 2017 isn't my PB. Yeah, and uh, and we can move on. <laughs> and where are you in terms of your like your weight and your health? 
at this stage as well, because I think that's important. So obviously that you were struggling with that, like you said, in those early days didn't quite kick in. Whereas that now got to, because I'm looking at you now, you know, chiseled and, and fit looking. Where, where where are you with that now? Yeah, well, I, so so I got so the end of 2018, I think it was was the, the that kind of peak weight of about 118 kilos. I think it's about 17 stone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm now down to about 85 kilos at the moment. So so we're talking 33 kilos. Is that right? Is that math right? Yeah, it is. So, so five stone or something. Yeah, yeah, around, around that kind of amount. So it's it's a big difference. And I, yeah, yeah, and and, and it, that's been a struggle. And it's as in the, the running clearly helps because I've been doing lots of yeah. running, but but nutrition's had to come into it. So I think if we go back to that that kind of don't do everything all at once, get one thing ticked off before you start another. There was, yeah, got to my year. Then we had lockdown. Get through lockdown. That was what. 2020 was really as in it was that period of, of not really focusing on uh too much else so i lost weight during that period um i think yeah 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 came out of lockdown a bit heavier than what i went in but i think most of us did um and then yeah got back on training in in february 2021 and really at that point so just got back training didn't think i was going to run again a, a year and a bit ago got back on that um and then in April, decided to go plant-based, which which surprised me and everyone around me, I think. Um, didn't really think that that was something on the radar. But I think with a bit of research and a bit of kind of looking into things, it was, I'd got down to a weight, but I couldn't get that. I, I couldn't get below the 90 kilos. So I was around 92, 93 kilos at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah, April last year. Um, so I dropped another eight kilos this year. And I wow. really put that down to clearly exercise, but also going plant-based. And, and and for me, the removal of dairy was just a bit of a revelation, really. Um, that was my, yeah, as in everything, I would eat lots of things with dairy and which were mainly donuts with cream centers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that much dairy. That's mainly yeah. donut with a little bit of yeah. dairy, I think. Donuts. Well, as in, but it, is, it stopped me eating the donuts. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it wasn't the dairy, it was the donut. <laughs> Uh, with huge amounts of sugar in it but I was rewarding myself still so I was going for runs and yeah. I was still I was still there was lots of work as in it doesn't all happen yeah. overnight does it so I got to April last year and went plant-based and then that was kind of that got the last seven eight kilos off this year to get me down to that kind of 85 kilos and I got down to 82 a few weeks ago um primarily because of some training I was doing for something a bit the next adventure. So this is what we're building up to, because actually, if we wind back a bit, Andy told me about the list of things he had planned. And this was on the back of the London Marathon. And I was thinking to myself, that sounds a little bit optimistic, but go for it, big man. So you get on. And it's all unfolded, to be fair, to the to the letter. So, all right, tell us about the next adventure. Yeah, so I come off Valencia Marathon in December, and um, and I've got a big challenge that I've had in the calendar for, uh, yeah, I think it was set in 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 February 2020, just before we went into lockdown. I got a place for this, so this was why I was planning this big year of 2020, and then and then moving forward. So so yeah, so so what was the big challenge? It was a it was a supported ice ultra race, multi day event. Um, which is 200, it was 220 kilometers over five days uh, in the northern extremes of Sweden in the Arctic Circle. So, which I did, I did in February, just gone. 
Yeah. And how did you get on? I did all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, um, yeah, an absolutely amazing experience. I, I did really, really well. I finished it, uh, which I think was the biggest challenge to begin with. And uh, out of 34 people that started it, only 13 of us finished and I came ninth out of those 13 people. So uh, incredible! it was pretty epic. Um, and uh, yeah, just, uh, do you know what? As in, it was a big challenge. It was completely outside my comfort zone. It was very scary. Very, there was a lot of fear that surrounded it. But I think with the journey I've been on and the process I've been through over these last few years is I was prepared for something like this. I was prepared mentally. I was, and I, and I put all the work in because I could again, turn up day in, day out with my training and put the effort in and, and, and have the energy levels and keep on turning up and, and then just do everything to prepare for an event of this type. Actually, when I turned up on the start line, I was ready. I was ready physically. I was ready mentally. And uh, and actually, I, I just enjoyed it. It was one of the most pleasurable five days of my life in so many ways. Um, beautiful, natural beauty. Um, the conditions were varied. We had... Yeah, minus 36 temperatures was the coldest it got to. I've, I've still got lack of sensation in three of my fingers in my right hand because I got frost in it, but that's all part of it. That's all good. Um, there is recovering. I should get the feeling back there, slowly coming back. Oh, four, we- four, four weeks on. Um, we had gale force winds, which whipped up the snow. So we had complete whiteouts where there was no path, couldn't see anything, waist-deep snow. Um yeah, and then just the the, the 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 feeling of completing a massive challenge was just to to go out there and do it and to to capture it and yeah, it's been amazing. It's been a, an amazing journey um, to and have that as the the focal point for so long, and then to go out and absolutely smash it was just just brilliant, and that proved that I was on the right path. Yeah, I mean, I think that is the culmination of all of those years of effort and progress to that point. And what you described there, to turn up on the finish, sorry, the start line of something like that, this epic adventure that you'd never taken part in, there was a lot of fear surrounding it, but feel confident because you've been consistent mentally, consistent, physically strong to finish the race when 38 or 34 competitors, only 13 even finished, yeah. let alone that to come ninth overall is just incredible. And I think from a physical standpoint, it's that incredible um, example that all of the work and the training you've been doing has been so worthwhile. But I think mentally, because those events like that are as much mental, if not more mental Clearly. than they are physical. And then we wind yeah. all the, the clock all the way back when you're in that dark place and struggling to this light place now to feel confident, to be able to take in the natural beauty, to enjoy it you know, that you did, I think what an absolute transformation. And I think what an inspiration just to hear that story unfold. And what I love about your story, it's not linear. It's not this perfect story. There's loads of bumps in there along the way, but here you are now looking better and healthier than ever. And, you know, like you say, work in progress, these things are never perfect, but I think that was such a symbol. You know, when I saw that event unfold and saw your journey through that event, for me, because we're all part of it, you shared much of that with, yeah. with our group in our, in our community, like you did share the, the London Marathon. 
I just felt really inspired and actually really lucky to see it unfold. And that's why I thought it'd be lovely to share some of this with everyone today. Yeah, well done, Anne. I mean, really, really proud of you. That's pretty bloody cool. No, it was, it was, it was amazing. And 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 I think, as I think people have sort of said, I, there was a lot of people that before was like, why? Why, why do you want to put what well, it was that kind of you're crazy you've you've, you've and, I, and I don't yeah there was a danger element to it clearly there was a, a, a putting yourself in a position of of fear and and and, and completely outside our, my, my comfort zone but I think one of the things I've learned is it's, it's almost like doing this with you now Andy as in to, to to come on and do something like this and chat to you and do a podcast if I was to roll back even 18 months, I would be terrified of being sat here now. Mm. And there is a little bit of fear about doing something like this, but I know that that fear is a good feeling that I need to turn into a positive because when I feel that, I know I'm growing and I know that I'm in a space outside of that, that, that wheel of life that where there isn't any fear because you can just sit on it all the time. But once you step off it, is where you grow and that's all I want to now keep on trying to achieve is to step into those areas where I get that feeling and by doing challenges like this I can identify that feeling I can now in my day-to-day life I can identify it so it helps in so many ways um yeah it's wonderful incredible <laughs> and and what's so beautiful about that is that the unlocking of this adventure that is life without sounding to cliche because it is a great adventure when you see it as that and you're willing to take chances and take risks and step outside your comfort zone suddenly it's the same world you've just unlocked it through your courage initially to take a break from the booze and then understanding your own mind to know actually i can feel that fear and do it anyway just opens up this whole new world rather than being stuck in that comfort bubble as an expat in spain doing what most expats do and drinking and actually being in that bubble of (laughs) five out of tenness you've just unleashed this opportunity for a life well lived and all the adventures that are going to follow because you're just warming up right so on that note where's this going what's happening next um what's happening next i i actually have in eight days i'm running the paris marathon (laughs) so i've got i've got i've just got a little another marathon just thrown in for the fun of it that's a training run at this stage surely yeah it's yeah yeah so next sunday i go and run the paris marathon um there was a bit of a thrown as an extra i got offered by 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 a friend that the snyder electric are the the main sponsor of it um so he works with them he managed to get me a place and he kind of said do you want a place i was like i can't refuse that can i so so even though it's very close to the ice ultra it's kind of a um, I'm taking my wife away for a romantic weekend in Paris, and that's a little sideshow of a marathon. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so, popping out, love. I'm just going to get uh, a yeah. paper and a uh, pint of milk. <laughs> I'll be back so, in exactly back. three hours and thirty well, minutes, hopefully. But well, it'd be lovely if it would be that that quick. Um, yeah, I, that is, I am going for it. I think, I think I'm going to go for it. I've got to go for it, haven't I? So, go so we're going to go for for another PB in Paris. And then the rest of the year, I then have a bit of a break. I've got a couple of months just to to just have a bit of a break, but then I'll go into training in June for the London Marathon that I've just signed up for. So I've got a place for the London Marathon again because I can't not oh. do it again. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, so I've got a charity place for that um, that I've just confirmed. 
And then my Valencia Marathon in December, which will only be eight weeks after London again, is kind of just my general, as in this a yearly thing now, so I've just got to do that as well. So I'm 2022 is just an ice ultra and three marathons. So it's that's where I'm going with the running. Um, but that's just, the. I think with the running now is I, I am a runner. For a long time, I didn't put my hand up and say I was a runner. I was just someone who did a bit of running, but I am now a runner. So that's ingrained to, to what I do. Um, it's not necessarily they're, they're they're clearly goals, but they're not the big goals as such because they become just who I am now. So, so doing a couple of marathons a year, I think what 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 while I can will continue. Um, so the big goal really this year is the launch of my my coaching business, which mm-hmm. is what I've been working towards now for the last nine months. Um, luckily, again training with you. To become a um, yeah, an Areti Way coach. Um, so I'm in the process at the moment of getting my website launched and everything, which is all coming together. And I'm following in your footsteps a little bit and going into the alcohol-free space and would like to help people through coaching. Um, yeah, go alcohol-free. And really the message that I really want to try and convey to the world is that. Yeah, going alcohol-free is just the catalyst to the change in your life. Um, And that by removing this one thing, the amazing things can happen. And I don't think when I started on this journey that I ever thought in three and a half years, four years' time, that I would be sat here now chatting to you, building a coaching business and being able to know what my values are where I want to align with and what I want to align with and it's about helping people to to find their meaning and purpose through initially taking a break from alcohol and and I think and I think really the message that I would love to get out to people is that I think you say it quite often is is that how many years we spend in our adult life drinking um, and to take just a hundred days out of that to not drink why wouldn't you give that a go why 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 wouldn't you try for 100 days to see because at the end of those 100 days you have a choice you have a choice to to go no it's not made any difference to me or you have a choice to go oh my god I, there is a choice there is a another option out there um and i've spent 100 days of my drinking life to see whether that's true and i'm now in a position i can make that choice myself whether i go back to the drinking or whether I maybe go on a bit of an adventure and see where it takes me. Like yourself and who knows where it ends up. And I'm so incredibly excited because this was my dream. This was my dream that I could work with people like you and train people like yourself who've got an amazing story that's unfolding all the time and that you would end up then coming back to help more people. And then it's just this ripple. It's this like positive wave that we're going out into the world. Cause I genuinely feel we need all type of genre and niche and approaching the alcohol free space. Cause everyone's a little bit different and everyone responds a little bit differently to a slightly different approach. And I just don't think we can have enough of these different approaches. And now obviously with your backstory as well and your story, which is incredibly inspirational and powerful to be able to come back now and be in a position to be able to train other people, work closely with other people to take them on that adventure. And like you say, to inspire them, maybe just to take a little break, because that's all it is. But in that space, fill it with the good stuff. So you build up all those positives like you did. So you know the story, like I did, we know the story. 
to have that experience of, oh, actually, during that period, I got fitter and healthier and more optimized and my relationships are better and my business was booming or whatever it is yeah. to be able to have a proper reflective space to look at both sides of the coin. Are you with alcohol? You without. And I think that's where our work is done because then the individual that's trained with you, for example, has that firsthand experience. They don't need you or me to tell them they know for themselves, don't they? And yeah. then this is the start of it. I think this is the really important thing that you, you touched on there because your story has just been a brilliant description of the whole thing. That bit is the start of the adventures to come. And we've just yeah. heard your adventures where they've taken you to ice ultras and beyond. Like imagine being able to give that gift to other people. You know, for me, that's the greatest buzz ever. And I know you're already starting to experience that. Andy, but when that starts to kick in, you know, yeah. I will say hand on heart, that's better. That's a better buzz than any drink will ever give you, my man. I'm super excited for you. No, it's all it, the future is just bright, isn't it? As in, I think, I think it's just, yeah, yeah. I, I, part of, um, interestingly, if I go right back to to maybe when I was a kid, and we talk about that, the feelings of when we're a child, when we don't have all those pressures and we don't have all this life bits and we just play and we just experience life for what it was or is um if someone asked me when i was when i was younger what i wanted to do in my life is that the, the number one thing that kept on coming out is i wanted to teach i wanted to be a teacher i could see that teaching was something that that, that i would potentially enjoy and then sadly I, I i didn't get the grades in my a levels i didn't get to university and do a degree um, so missed out on that academic route to get there. So life then got in the way and, and work and making money was just, yeah, it didn't really matter how we just had to get money in the bank. Yeah. How you got to that point wasn't so important, but it's quite funny now that it's almost that full circle has happened that I've come back to something through coaching where I can help people and help them in, in their life is that I can get that, that, that what I was looking for maybe as a child or when I, when I was younger that I'd missed out on that, that now in my late 40s it's kind of come round again and that actually I knew what I wanted to do when I was younger but just it never happened at that point. This is so beautiful and this is the journey that you're on and I talk about this a lot but there has to be momentum in a direction and then through the twists and turns of that direction, you've actually figured out something incredibly powerful there. You've reconnected in many ways with that meaning and purpose that you had as a child that had got lost in the yeah. busyness of life like it does. And you didn't know that straight away. It wasn't like that was up front and center. You had to go on this adventure of, again, the twists and turns and the bumps in the road. And all of a sudden you find yourself back in this place and then the dots all connect it's like all right this makes sense now i get an opportunity to do what i always loved which is you know teach or be out front and inspire in a completely different format that's now so meaningful and purposeful to me and as someone that's been on this adventure it is the greatest gift i genuinely believe connecting with that true north or your meaning and purpose and again in my own story i couldn't figure it out i could never have known no. that the adventure that i would have gone on would have led me here I, you know it was impossible but there was momentum and I think that's what's key to your story as well. There was momentum in a direction, even though you didn't really know where it was going and didn't really know what the running was all about or, or why that was leading yeah. you. But everything was aligned to bring you, I think, to this point. And now look at the future ahead of you. It's just so incredibly exciting and meaningful now. 
yeah. which I think is the greatest gift. No, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's 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 been an amazing journey to this point, and I'm very much. I'm a believer that I love the kind of climbing the mountain, the whole, whole, yeah, yeah, getting to the top of the mountain. What I've realized is that there is no peak to the mountain and it's, it's, it's really just to continue to go through the valleys and keep on walking and keep on, on, on that path because who knows where the top is. Um, and I think if you, you almost in life try and make a point of where, what you believe that is, is is that when you get there the actual end of that when you reach a goal it's not about the goal we talk about this as well don't we when we when you reach the goal it's not about reaching the goal it's about the path you took to get there uh, and that's where all the learning is and that's where all the yeah the, the good bits are yeah. um and uh so so probably now i'm in a position now where i'm not necessarily focusing on the top of the mountain i'm just enjoying the journey and wherever it takes me I love it. I think, I think that's a lovely place to, to wrap it up there. Uh, Andy, thank you for sharing that with us. Genuinely, I think that was one of my favourite podcasts. It's just such a lovely story to share. I think so many people will identify with it and be excited about where it's all going. So on that note, how can people find out more about you, get in touch with you? Okay. Um, well, my website is um, alcoholfreecoaching.com um, is my, 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 my website. And then um yeah that's it at the moment i'm a bit i'm a bit i've not really got there with everything i do have um my instagram is andy sober journey um so you can get me on that um, and then i do have a facebook page which is andy's journey to ultra uh, on ice so that was my journey where i captured my journey um for the for the yeah ice ultra that i've just recently done so which is where i'll continue sort of sharing my kind of running and bits and pieces like that. I love it. And we'll put some links in the show notes. Andy boy, absolute pleasure. We will do this again. We've done many lives together. So keep your eyes out. You'll often see Andy and I on live waxing lyrical on the, the Facebook, uh, but we'll do another one of these in a few months time, just to see how all the adventures are unfolding. Top man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Andy. No, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and to show the podcast some love, please subscribe and download. And if you could tell just one more person about the podcast, that would be amazing. And don't forget, I'm live every single weekday around 7am on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to come and interact live, ask me questions, I'll be sharing my best wisdom at 7am every weekday live, Facebook and Instagram at Andy Ramage Official. And also don't forget, if you want to train with me to become a world-class coach, go to andyramage.com courses. And if you want to train with me to develop yourself, also check out the courses. It's all there, andyramage.com. Also, when you go to andyramage.com, you can sign up to my newsletter there, get all the updates on the latest and greatest courses, get my weekly roundup of things that you might find inspirational, aspirational and motivational. In my weekly newsletter, you can sign up at andyramage.com. Finally, thank you, Matt McCormick, for producing the show. All right, hopefully I'll see you back here very soon. Let's do this. Let's do this.